Welcome to the Occult London Podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, the Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on iTunes as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe. Hope you enjoy it. In today's episode, we will be continuing our discussion on the Tetragrammaton and some of the spiritual ideas, symbolism of this sacred formula, this sacred word. Over the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about the Tetragrammaton in relation to the Kabbalah. We discussed also some of the history um, in terms of its origins. And in this episode, we will be continuing our discussion on its symbolism in relation to the Kabbalistic Tree of Life. As we've seen in our previous episodes, the Kabbalistic Tree can be divided into ten different stages of creation or emanations or sephirah. However, there is also another way of dividing the tree whereby the tree is represented as four different worlds. This is an idea that's explained well by the English magician W.E. Butler in his book Magic and the Kabbalah when he writes It is very true to say that God created all things but the way in which this was done as set forth by the Kabbalah is different to the ideas of exoteric Judaism which may have been taken over into Orthodox Christianity. The great objection of Christian theologians to the emanationalist philosophy is that it tends towards pantheism which can be equated so easily with the idea that God is simply the totality of nature But this the Kabbalah does not teach. Quite rightly, it teaches that God is made manifest in nature and is imminent in it. But it also teaches that all manifestation on whatever plane is only one expression of the eternal being who reigns transcendent over all. It should be noted here in this philosophy There is no rigid dichotomy, no hard and fast divisions between spirit and matter. Matter is regarded as the luminous garment of the eternal, indeed as being an expression of that being and therefore all things are holy in their intrinsic nature. It must be clearly understood that these realms of creation, which are called worlds, are not special planets or anything of that kind. Let us define what is meant by the term. A world in this connection steers to the particular mode of activity of the deity. And that's a quote from W.E. Butler, Magic and the Kabbalah. Um, and what he's saying there, obviously, they're not. Although we describe them as four worlds, they're not separate worlds. 
the different ways of the divine artist, of the great creator and different modes of expression rather than being considered separate entities on their own. So what are the four worlds? The four worlds are, as as the name suggests, divided into four separate divisions and we'll talk through them individually. The first one is Atsaluth, which is the archetypal world. This is really the preliminary phase of divine creation. So it's the world of emanations and the archetypal divine world. And this world is attributed to the letter Yod and the element of fire. Atsaluth is the world of emanations and it corresponds with the element of fire and obviously the letter Yod. And this world covers Keta on the tree of life. This is the world of pure energy, emanation, pure light of God, which is gradually filtered down through the different spheres of consciousness. This world also represents the kind of like the highest spiritual self, the highest soul aspect of humanity and the almost like the eternal spark that resides within us. Fire is obviously a very dynamic element and this also can be said to represent our will, you know, it's the will to do something, to work towards spiritual development. Fire is the action. It's that fire that drives us to do things, the willpower. It's also the element that keeps us warm during the cold weather, but also can be destructive. The next world we come to is the world of Bria, which is the creative world. And this is the beginning of defining initial forms to that primordial energy, that primordial fire of Atsaluth. And this is also known as Kortia, or the throne. Beria is the world of the archangels as well. And from an elemental point of view, it corresponds with the element of water and the letter He of the Tetragrammaton. And on the Kabbalistic tree of life with the ten Sephiroth, this world would cover Chokmah and Bina. The origin of the word Beria is from the Hebrew in Isaiah 43.7 I have created Bria, him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Well, the author of the Sefer Bahir uh, makes the idea that as light was an attribute of God, light did not have to be created but was formed something out of something. This level, this creative level of Bria is very much about focusing that energy, focusing that power of the archetypal level and bringing it into more definition. The second letter of the Tetragrammaton, Hay, this corresponds to lots of things in terms of the desires of humanity, the Neshama, 
It also represents receptivity, passivity, and some of the qualities of desire, emotion. If we think about the element of water as well, it doesn't have any power of its own. It flows. It flows downhill, down the mountains, into the rivers and carries on flowing. It's moving through the landscape. But it does have this power of controlling and shaping. Obviously, it shapes the land. The river shapes the land. The sea shapes the land as well. And it also has this power over fire. So fire and water can be considered to be interdependent for any creative act. The next world we come to is Yetzira, which is the formative world. And this is where the that sort of primal divine energy is divided and it starts to separate into actual qualities, really. This is the world of the angels. And from an elemental point of view, would correspond with the element of air, the letter Vau of the Tetragrammaton. And this also covers the next six Sephiroth on the Tree of Life. The world name, Yetzira, takes its name from the Hebrew in Isaiah 43.7. I have created him for my glory. I have formed Yetzira. Him, yea, I have made him. Yetzira is the world of formation, where the beginnings of very complex forms are built. More like the sort of blueprint, really. However, tangible physicality material is not here yet so it's like the sort of beginnings of forms this world also create also contains all of the sort of um, art the music culture things like that it's a mind space where all the sort of forms of thought ideas imaginative, creative things begin to be found. It's also obviously related to air, so we have all the powers of analysis, we have synthesis, the ability to break down a subject, to begin to understand its structure. And obviously it relates to the world of air and the vowel letter of the Tetragrammatons. This is the link between the worlds of Bria and the world of Isaiah. And thus it can be considered to be a bridge symbolically between the creative forces represented by Bria and the material plane of Isaiah. The next world we come to is the physical plane, the material world. This is the physical universe where things function and take form in time and space. This is the world of action and corresponds to the final letter of Hay. It also corresponds to the Sephira Malkut. The world also, this world also takes its name from the Hebrew in Isaiah 43.7. I have created Bria for him, my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. This also symbolises the final stage of the Tetragrammaton formula and is the world represented by the letter He. 
this is the stage of the creative process where we you kind of lock in or you seal all the other changes into a physical being and this is described quite well by um, David Shoemaker actually and I quote thought precedes world and word precedes deed if absolute and Bria represent the thoughts and yet Sira exemplifies the symbolic word issuing forth from that thoughts then Isaiah is the inevitable deed that results from this process exactly how this deed will be enacted is left to the subtle art of the magician who can say how a given individual will apply her newfound creative genius to the external world or how a candidate in a specific initiation will actualize the teachings found within. These are the fruits of life's informal initiations. So this is the fruit coming into fruition, that seed, that spark of light actually turning into a beautiful apple tree. Obviously earth is hay, the nepesh, and it is manifestation in the human body, as well as everything that we need to sustain our body, so warmth, food, water, shelter, everything else. Our body is a temple, and this is the this is the vessel, the house, whereby that spark of light is contained. We see this formula, and this formula of the four worlds is very much the formula of the Western mystery tradition, really. We see the formula of the Tetragrammaton in lots of the teachings that we learn through our studies. Many different school systems would focus, to begin with, on relaxation. So we relax the physical body first. Then, we focus on the breath. And this is done through the fourfold breathing exercises. Can be through pranayama uh, type exercises as well. The breath is what calms, calms us, bring it down. Obviously, breath would be focusing on that element. Through the breath, through that relaxation, we then go into the unconscious, the great sea, the waters of the world of Beria, which then leads to spiritual insights represented by the fire, spiritual fire, but also by the conjunction of all four of these different worlds, all four of the letters of the Tetragrammaton. In this way, it can be seen as being a model for magic and consciousness, but also as a pathway for spiritual development, a way of turning inward and upwards. That's all we've got time for this week. However, in the next episode, um, I wanted to talk a bit more about the Tetragrammaton and the cycle of ages, which is an idea that appears in medieval thought.
whereby there are cosmic cycles known as Shemitah that are meant to be linked to the seven Sephiroth emanating from the Great Mother. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do stay tuned for next week. I'd like to finish with a poem from the poet Emily Dickinson. Behind me dips eternity, before me immortality, myself the term between, death but the drift of eastern grey, dissolving into dawn away, before the west begin, tis kingdoms afterward they say, in perfect pauseless monarchy, whose prince is son of none, himself his dateless dynasty, himself himself diversify in duplicates divine. Tis miracle before me then, tis miracle behind between, a crescent in the sea, with midnight to the north of her, and midnight to the south of her, and maelstrom in the sky. Thanks very much for joining us this week on the Occult London Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please make sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. Thank you and good night.